Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get in some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you better sit down. Yeah. Ain't nothing fancy, I'm still broke. Cross town like Yancey, I will throw. They say I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. So I got my nose pierced on Saturday. Yeah? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I didn't even, couldn't even fucking see Oh, yeah, wow. Hey, that just didn't even register on your Look camera you, from Tyler. that far away. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to get a, a, a hoop. I wanted to get a ring, but uh, I realized afterwards that the guy who pierced my nose was actually very fucking good at it. Mm-hmm. because he did it and he like put the dot on and then he was like scrunch your nose and he like looked at it and he's like okay you'll be fine so even when i like move my shit around it doesn't fucking hurt nice. and uh he was like no i i can't do a hoop like a lot of places will do it but i won't do it because it won't fucking heal right because it's curved yeah that's why my that's why my fucking a... that's why my day f- fucking healed all fucked up and i got two keloids on the top and the bottom you got Ooh. two keloids? Yeah, top and bottom because the way it because the fucking skin like starts to grow back and it yeah. grows like over. Yeah, it mm-hmm. tries so, to. So, yeah, but now it it's like it's engulf. it's healed. So I bought a new piercing for it, and I need to like take it out and fucking clean it out real good, and then fucking put a new piercing in, and I should be fine. But so when can you start doing drugs again with that thing? Um, I mean, I can still do them. That hasn't changed anything. I just I still have one nostril. Do you? You know, you know the people that like like gauge their their nose from the sides, yeah. like where they, they yeah. put the plugs in. You you ever think they just like block their nostrils and just like a little tootski? Little maybe. <laughs> Got her septum pierced too. Yeah. 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 We 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 woke up on Saturday because we went to that '80s party, and we woke up and we were just like all chilling. And he was like, "I want to get my septum pierced," and I was like, "You know what? I want to get my nose pierced. Let's go right now." So we did. Look at you. A cute little, cute little fun thing. Cute, you cute, cute little fun thing. Cute little fun thing. Well, that's, you know what? Thing. Speaking mm. of cute little fun things. Enron. Enron. Let's get to the episode. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back once again to Worst in the Industry, the show where we three quesadillas attempt to bring some of our Tex-Mex truth to the world. My name is Justin St. Peter, and I am a quesadilla de camarones, which I desperately hope means quesadilla with shrimp. To my left... It's uh, Colin Stanley, uh, I just kind of put sour cream on everything. To my left. Uh, my name's Tyler, and I, much like the conversation we had earlier, am definitely going to go to Taco Bell and have them make me a spicy potato uh, burrito grilled. Uh, just kidding. My name is Owen Schroyer, the Cuck Destroyer. Stop. Owen oh, 
No, no. All right. Well, I'm not even gonna. Yeah, we're not doing sour cream though. That is what we were talking about earlier. When you don't, when you if if you if you chose to not masturbate before a date and then you end up getting lucky later that night, what you would produce would be sour cream. Sour cream. Yeah, you let it ferment a little too long. Like scrambled eggs. Just got a little. It's a little bit like surstroming. Oh no! I I. I went I'm, out with this lady the other night, and I didn't have time. I got right off work. I didn't have time to tug one out, so I ended up fucking blasting kefir all over this girl's lower back. She's never taking me to meet her parents. It was like somebody spilled a bottle of Alma's glue. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, so let's let's move on to like mildly it's, less disgusting topics and start talking about Enron. Tyler, take it away. It's okay. like somebody let a glass of oat milk evaporate on the counter. No. And they left their heat lamp on. Stop. So. Just drink uh, your piss and move on. So, I love how you're drinking it out of a soup cup. Uh, it's Colin's, Colin's got a real back of house personality. <laughs> 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 oh, Colin is a dishwasher. I actually, it's, it's, wait, Colin's like a line cook. Wait, do I not? Like a I never, wait, before before we get to the episode, real quick. Sorry, last last aside because you yeah. ju- you just said this back. I play so I've 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 been like insomnia, right? I have trouble sleeping. Uh-huh. Uh, so because of that, we got some uh, like melatonin and this other. It's like uh, it's the active ingredient in Nyquil minus all like the cough medicine part. Oh, Zquil. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's generic. It's but it's yeah, in but the, yeah. yeah, it's great. So, I uh, I invented this this little game I like to play to oh, both God, motivate me to do uh, dishes, which is a despicable task, and also to help me fall asleep. It's called Narcoleptic Busboy, and basically, <laughs> all I okay. do is I take I take I us- I usually get loaded up on Stay weed first. I load up on I load up on as much THC as can fit in my body physically. Yep, yep. Blow it. Blow I, then it I loud. take then I blow take a melatonin. I yep. let it I let it melt underneath my tongue like a tab of acid, and, <laughs> then, I, and then I and then I shoot a fucking Nyquil right or a Zquil yeah. right, and then you just do as many dishes as you can before you start to fall asleep. <laughs> and by the time that your See. vision starts to like kind of like go in and out and like you, you start hearing that. Because yep. you can hear like the blood behind your eyelids <laughs> as your brain shuts down. Then it's time to go to bed. <laughs> See, Colin, I think you need to you need to elevate this to another level. You need to throw a dip in too. Well, I think also what you need to do is you need to take it further. And I, I, what I'm trying to do, uh, sharks, uh, I'm asking for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for twelve percent share. Uh, I want to pitch narcoleptic line cook as. <laughs> CBS's top new hit reality competition TV show. So everybody you have to has to... So every episode is a different piece of equipment that you'd see and use as a line cook. and But we'd load you up with, like, ketamine first. Mm. So it's have like, guys... it's... This episode, our contestants are working the fryolator, but they took... took but we gave them too much Xanax. I feel like that is, like, America as just a despicable consumption, like, fucking pit that uh, preys upon people that work service jobs. But you little fucking bitch. Are you fucking kidding me? Enron. So, where we left off last week, 
uh, Lou Pai left as uh, CEO of uh, Enron Energy Services. Uh, he left with a hundred million dollars in his bank account, and then afterwards, uh, from EES folding, Enron lost a total of one billion dollars. Ooh, billion with a B. Yep, folks. A billion. Oh. Our first, our first billion with B. It's not the last. Oh, first uh, of the episode. Yep, and uh, through his stock buyoffs, because he had a lot of stock in the company, uh, he netted himself an extra $250 million and then became the second largest landowner in all of Colorado, including a 14,000-foot mountain. He yeah. now lives in Wellington, Florida. You see that mountain? <sighs> I own it. I'm sick of it. I'm moving to the flattest place in the union. <laughs> Moving I want to be under. I'm tired of living in the sky. I want to be under the ocean now. I want to be underwater. So, I'm gonna get a little neoliberal with you guys on this episode. No, no. Tyler, no. No, no. Okay. So, as you know, as we all know, unemployment and quote unquote jobs created is not a good indication of a prospering economic system. For example, unemployment right now is three and a half percent, and only <laughs> 1.7 million people are receiving unemployment insurance. And our money is literally on fucking fire, and people are having to choose between feeding their child or paying for their prescriptions so that Jeff Bezos can buy another super yacht. Nationalize Amazon, they've already done the spreadsheets. But, I, hope De I hope Denmark keeps that yacht forever. Yep. But, to put things into perspective, for a capitalist, in order for this week and next week's episode to make sense for my little baby birds... I'm going to need to talk about it through the lens of what people thought the economy was, or more importantly, what they thought the economy was going to be moving forward from the 1990s. Because I could talk all day about how none of this means anything, but I do find that to be unproductive in the scope of talking about a company that thrived and exploited those hopes and dreams of a quote-unquote new economy. Now, in the 90s, there was the, lar the longest economic expansion in the history of the United States until 2009 through 2020. By April thanks 2000... Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. By <laughs> thanks, Obama, and thanks, Biden. Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Um, <laughs> by April 2000, unemployment was at 3.8% hourly wages increased on average by 10% since 1996. Significantly low oil prices, the lowest since the years after World War II, driving down costs of manufacturing and shipping, the internet being used widely for commerce, and most of all, the baby boomers were still working. Because everybody, what did the baby boomers do? Ruin they, everything. They worked Yell a lot. They yelled a lot. They worked themselves to death. Commit genocide. They did and racism. Most importantly, most importantly, from an economic standpoint, they loved to take on debt. You, oh, yeah, they did. Yes, they did. And they took on debt. And then they took on more debt. And they took on more debt. Because at the time, there was this wonderful idea of something called debt snowballing. Which, if anyone tries to tell you is a good idea, they are fucking stupid. So, I'm sorry, just from an outsider perspective on the finances here, what debt snowballing sounds like to mm -hmm. me, and I'm, I may just be a, a simple country chicken, um, but what it sounds like to me is that you accumulate debt, mm -hmm. which causes you to accumulate more debt, yep. which causes you to accumulate more debt, mm -hmm. which causes you to accumulate more debt, yep. so on and so forth, 
and then you die. So. So how is that possibly a good thing? Because then you can basically buy whatever you want and never have to pay for it. And also, your debt keeps the American economy running because there is an elaborate system of debt buying and selling happening. Exactly. Which is what destroyed the uh, caused the savings and loans crisis, which uh, caused the fucking housing market crisis, which is causing the current uh, depression, not yep. recession, depression that we are mm. careening towards. Yep. Just screaming at. So remember what Tyler just said? He's like, gas prices have been this low since the end of World War II. Well, hey, it's funny well, to hey. think about that. What what was going on right before that? And also, why were they so low? And yeah. also, I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah. So because debt in our American capitalist system is the best thing for the ultra wealthy, it makes it seem like on paper that people are prospering when in fact they are just digging themselves into a deeper and deeper and deeper hole. Mm -hmm. So, now, at this time, in the mid to late 90s, it seemed like literally anybody could make money on the stock market because, well, you could. You could, probably, you could probably put companies on a dartboard, throw a dart, and then dump uh, all your money in them, and you would at least make some back. Like, you would make some money on it. You would, you would, like, every fucking company was on the upturn. Now I bet you're wondering, was any of this real? No, no, it was not. No, the vast, not. No, it was not. The vast majority of these companies were fabricating their earnings uh, by using what we call creative accounting practices, much like Enron did with their mark-to-market, which, yet again, I will reiterate, is a perfectly legal accounting practice today. So... The other reason that the stock market was constantly going up and up was because the ultra-wealthy were convinced that there was going to be a Jetsons-like future where there would be an insane tech rev rev uh, revolution and would keep the GDP expanding at 5% or more per year without inflation or a rise in unemployment. Yeah, this led to the dot-com boom. Yes, Colin? And bubble. That is, I'm so glad that you said that, like, this idea that, like, the, the rich believed... Well, that's how the, that's how the stock market... Rich goes up is, is rich people think this is going to happen it's so it's so amazing when you talk about like this period of time specifically is so mm -hmm. interesting right because because nowadays we look at it and it's like well they're so stupid how could you be so stupid how could you think this would happen forever how could you think there was no end but honestly when you were alive back then especially if you were wealthy and alive back then uh in, you know especially like the late 80s uh you know mid 90s like that like set of years Th yep. That was referred to as the quote-unquote end of history by uh, Francis Fukuyama. Still yep. a great book. You should still read it. Um, but basically, the, the, the concept was, it, it's, it's a neoliberal concept. That Tyler's exactly right by saying that. The idea was basically, we've solved the world's problems. Yep. We've we, solved we, racism. We, they have the internet. Mm -hmm. So everything will just kind of work itself out. Yeah. In no like, way could that possibly lead to everything getting worse. Yeah, when they're talking about the end of history, they're talking, they're saying, like, all the struggles, all the conflicts, all these things, they were all for the sole purpose of bringing us to this moment, which is yep. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, and this moment is the moment the future starts. So from here on out, we are no longer living in, in the brutal struggle of history. We are in the 
uh, momentum forward of the future. Um, and it's that's why, because it's all of a sudden it's, oh, we, we just don't pay attention to what happens at, uh, or what used to be the case. And this mindset is still alive and well, because everybody who's in fucking government was in their, like, at least, at least... Yeah, they were in their political 30s, prime. 40s, in the 90s. They were in their political mm-hmm. prime at that mm-hmm. point. It, yeah. And it's seared into their brains, so they think like it still happens. I saw this tweet, like, earlier today that was like, uh, I talked to my, my, you know, my boomer mom, and she didn't know that you need an address and reliable transportation to have a job. Because... Yeah. The last time she applied to a job, they didn't print forms. You talked to a guy, and then you shook their hand. Yeah, it was that easy. Mm-hmm. So, like, the this, this like, yeah, we're, we're basically, yeah, we're living in the uh, aftermath of a bunch of fucking idiots who didn't know what they were talking about, hoping for the future. Uh, we're living in the aftermath of, the, of their failed dreams, except they still get to live, yeah. and we have to deal with it. We're living yeah, they, in the. They still get to retire, or they die, or they get to die wealthy, like fucking, you know, all these terrible fucking people that are constantly like endless stream of fucking yeah. losers. And the hardest part about it is this is off the heels of um, deregulation and Reaganomics. No Reaganomics. So mm-hmm. they they think that. Well, it worked in the 90s, and it's like, no, it actually fucking didn't. They just made it seem like it fucking worked. It's it literally which, destroyed which, us. En- which Enron is literally, like, encapsulated why that type of shit doesn't work. Like, what I mean, happened yeah, immediately the after? Example. They're like, oh, we, we didn't have a deficit. Uh, you know, we, we beat the deficit uh, in the 90s. It's like, yeah, and what happened immediately after that? We, we immediately started, we, we found out, hey, there's money in the bank. And uh, g- the government decided to spend it killing. Let's kids start a war. In the Middle East. Yeah. So that's what happens. <laughs> yep. This is you, th- this will be. It'll either be debt, uh, and we have to tighten our boots. We have to tighten our boot our, our yep. belts and tighten up our fucking laces. And and I'm sorry, gas is going to be more expensive. I'm sorry, Putin's the one who's making vegetables more expensive. Doctor Oz, it's all Brandon's fault. Yep. Uh, but now. <laughs> It's yeah, that, you see that fucking video? What a fucking no, idiot. No, no, because I don't watch that shit because it's it, there's no point. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. But yeah, it, but yeah, it's like it's either we we don't have any money at all and you, the American taxpayer, it's your fault and you're the person that needs to suffer and scrimp to make up for it or mm. we have plenty of money but only for missiles for Nazi Al-Qaeda. <laughs> uh, yep. You know, you see, it's the, great. The, the fun part, Colin, is pretty much everything you've you've said I'm going to talk about in this episode. Exactly. So, um... I'm going to have to quote some economists here. Boo! Get I know. a real job. I know. But... <laughs> like podcast. But in hindsight, they they make some good points, even though I'm sh- certain that when all of this was happening, they were they were on the uh, everything's you know gonna be great. Freedom we're gonna have freedom fucking freedom. flying cars, and nobody's got to work anymore. Like yeah, we're doing just fine. It's gonna be the Jetsons. So to quote David Kotak, uh, chief investment officer at Cumberland Advisors, quote. We had a few years where we thought we could grow at enormous paces with enormous productivity. It was a new paradigm. Some of that was true. The rest was fluff. And the fluff was was what built the stock market into a bubble. Yeah. Yeah, he's not wrong. 
And uh, one of the most interesting articles I read uh, in in my research so far was from a uh, a CNN Money article from I think it was like two thousand three or two thousand four, mm-hmm. uh, and it was called "The Prosperous Nineties: A Hoax" by Mark Gungloff. And he said this is going to be a, a bit of a uh, a bit of a long quote, but we okay. will uh, we'll talk about it after. Yeah. Quote. But that's not to say that the boom of the 90s will lead to a crash in the 2000s, like the boom of the 20s that led to the depression of the 30s, according to Joel Naroff, chief economist and president of Naroff Economic Advisors in Holland, Pennsylvania. Instead, Naroff compared the 90s boom to the speculative rush that greeted the advent of the automotive early in the 20th century. At the time, companies sprang up like weeds to take advantage of a hot new market. There was a stock market bubble, and then the bubble burst, and most of those companies disappeared. But the automobile lived on. And many of the technological innovations and new industries created by the 1990s, yes, even telecommunications, will survive too. There are seminal points in economies, and they're reached rarely, Naroff said. We reached one in the 1990s, and we will not go back to an economy that bears any resemblance of the one before. I'm so glad that's what you said. Um, there's this thing that people keep talking about, right? Where they're like, um, when leftist uh, socialists say that there's enough to go around, they're lying to you. And it's like, technically, no, I'm not. It's, uh, you know, they're saying we can't go back to an economy the way it was before, right? We refuse to go back to the economy the way it was before. It's like, yeah, if the world was an equitable place, if we all yeah. lived... Uh, the way that we should, where we all have mm. I- I- enough, uh, but also and we don't want for anything. Mm. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to go to Walmart at three in the morning to go buy a fucking you know a double decker cheese pizza. Yeah, uh, but you would not have to starve. Nobody would have to starve. I'm like, am I crazy in assuming that the trappings of a high paced modern modern society are not worth starving children to death? Is it not crazy to say? That, like, we can't just start bombing countries and killing millions of people uh, through, like, you know, neglect or, like, funding violence or enacting violence, uh, like, just because we don't want to give up McDonald's? Like, that that seems insane, right? Yeah. I mean, like, the whole, like, premise of most of American ideology is pretty fucking insane. Especially when you consider the roots of it and, and how it continues to be and, like, the, the hyper-mercantilist Puritans and their, their theocratic ways and fucking, you know, I, I mean, you weren't even allowed to live in Puritan colonies unless you were a Puritan in, until, like, you know, the early fucking uh, 18th century, I think. Uh, yeah, I believe so. But, yeah, I know it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's a good it's time. Like, it, I mean, it's not. It's, that's the thing. Is like, it's, it's, you know, looking back at all of it, it all leads up to this... And it's it, maddeningly it, logical if you think about it in the way of a, a fucking religiously extremist colonialist. It's honestly, I don't think when, again, like that, that idea that like all these moments have led to this moment. It's like, yes and no, right? Like all those moments influenced like factors and factors mm-hmm. like shape like the area. Oh, it's, it wasn't purposeful. No, no, but I mean, course. everything that came before this allowed this to happen. Yeah, exactly. But also, like, the understanding that, like, even though that is the case, like, because people, because I don't think you're wrong. 
But people mm. take that idea, people take the idea that's like, all of history brought us here. Which means, there's nothing I can do about it. It's been thousands of years in the making. Uh, but it's like, no. In all you of can those, still act. In all of those moments, there were, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of independent factors that made those moments happen. And each moment was not contingent on the previous moment necessarily Mm -hmm. but it was informed by it so like just because we have this economy and just because we do things this way and just because we are terrible doesn't mean we have to be now the american government that needs to be destroyed our our federal government can only produce bad outcomes that's why when you see people going like we should ally with the republicans saying uh defund the fbi it's like no because they want to use the system that created the FBI to create a replacement for the FBI, which will be just as bad, if not worse. Oh, so probably worse. To destroy everything and build something not informed by those structures. Yeah, and uh, to your to your point, Colin, of talking about like um, the American economy is one of the issues that our economy has was switching over from a manufacturing to a service economy and now a consumer not even a service yeah now it's not even a a service yeah we're just a consumer a pure consumption economy yeah the the consumer consumer of last resort yeah the the consumer the consumer is the so now i'm trying to explain this the best way i can when you see an ad okay on youtube or whatever Mm mm-hmm you are not the consumer in that point. The consumer is mm. who is running that ad. You make the money for them to run that ad. You it's, are the yeah. product. You are the product. You it's, are not the consumer. You're, it's, 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 I honestly, because when people say that, they're like, I'm not a product. Because they're, they're purposely trying to. You are a fucking to, product. They're trying to, like, obfuscate the point you're making. So yeah. I always like to say, uh, you're not the product. Consumption is the like the 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 abstract Mindless consumption. concept yeah, consumption of is consuming the is what yeah. is being sold. Like the idea of somebody potentially buy this Rubenell shirt. Yeah, exactly. Like these things. Like you know the the I like the fact that we live in a fucking giant garbage disposal that's setting the atmosphere on fire. Like. There's no reason for this. There's no per. This serves nobody. Nobody is benefited uh, in the long term by the way this runs. Nobody. Nobody on earth. Everybody will be damaged and destroyed by this. But there is no stopping it because just like in Metal Gear, the people in charge. Metal Gear. The people in charge aren't people. The people in charge are an algorithm mm. that doesn't care because all its only point is to continue reproducing itself. Like the like the penny press machine, right? Penny presses can only make penny presses can only make penny presses. It's fucking turtles all the way down. It's yep. turtles all the way down. Yep. So I know I haven't really talked a lot about Enron yet this episode. Yeah, we're working on it. But uh, I felt like getting into the economic environment of the 1990s would be would be helpful to yeah, keep the, everything in context. The boundless energy of the Clinton administration. Yep. Super predators. So, now, back to Enron. Back to Enron. So, they decided to expand all over the fucking world, spending billions and billions of dollars in the process trying to keep up their deceptions of profit. 
but even they were struggling just because of how fucking terribly they were actually doing it. One place in particular was their Achilles heel, and it was Dabul, India. So, Enron decided to make a big marketing show about how they would go where no other, no other company would go. Make a massive power plant in India, okay? This failed spectacularly. Losing a billion dollars in the process. There's another B billion. Billion on our second B -b billion. Mm-hmm. When it came around that India's government was unable to pay for this <laughs> massive undertaking, much like they said they weren't going to be able to, but At Enron least they were honest. Yeah, but Enron did it anyway, even <laughs> though they lost a billion dollars. Executives still received multi-million dollar bonuses <laughs> based off the fabricated profits for a power plant that wasn't even close to being done. And they used those future profits as revenue from their mark-to-marketing scheme. This is like a great... Wow. This is the perfect, like, description, like, in, in like, summary of the 2008 crisis. It's yep. perfect. It's like, there's a bunch... <laughs> It was like it destroyed the local economy and wasn't great for the place where it was happening, but the people who made it happen made a lot of money while it was happening. Oh, they yep. made so much money. Um, this this power plant was never finished. No, of course, of not. course not. It's right. yeah, I it? love how it, like the government of India was like, hey, like we can't afford this, and Enron just kind of went, yeah, 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 you'll figure well, it out. Because th that's the thing about Enron, that, like, what it all boils down to is they don't need to make any money. Yeah, as they long just, as they can pretend they, they are. All they, not even pretend, they just need to put on their revenue sheets that they will make money on this when they get it done. And they just didn't finish shit. I mean, that's, if, uh, honestly, all you have, that's where they really fuck up, right? Is, like... They're not finishing things. If they finished something, if they finished like like one, if they finished like way, like one third, like one third, they, if they finished a third of the shit they, they said, be, they'd probably still be around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's probably dozens of business, dozens if not hundreds of businesses that are doing exactly that. It's yeah. just doing one third of the thing. Like I feel yep. like we don't talk about it enough on the show, but like we talk about. Like, we, we say they're the worst in the industry because they are. The industry is being evil, and they're the worst at it, meaning they got caught. The people yeah. that are the best at it, we don't catch those people. No, they're still companies. They're still doing it. They're, they're just still, around. They're yeah. hiding the paperwork. Yeah, now. it's like the idea about, like, serial killers, right? Where they're like, oh, we've, we've only caught, like, X amount of serial killers. But, like, when you, when you actually, like, look at the numbers, uh, more than likely, we have, like, probably like hundreds of serial killers in the united states they just haven't been caught yet they just oh yeah at caught. least a thousand yeah so like it's the same thing it's like you have offenders you're just not catching offenses mm -hmm. so uh after this they needed actual cash and fast oh jeez, guys we need real money so they did and i'm gonna call back to one of our i guess it was a pretty recent they pulled a barry minko mm. just on more of a massive scale they oh became, okay. they became christian they, nope, they make a nope. money printing machine they nope. were polish they decided to just leech i mean merge sorry 
slip of the tongue there, with another giant corporation, PGE, Portland General Electric, giving them a firm foothold in the electricity market, and more importantly, the new deregulated California energy market. I'm saying that now. I will get to that on the next episode, because I have plenty of else to talk about. I've, like, I... I have plenty more to talk about. That's just a. That's just a. Just keep that in mind. I'll I'll remind my baby birds. This about is it. like Don't in, worry. this is like in True Detective season one episode two, I believe, where you see the sergeant go into the into the chief's office, but you don't actually get introduced to him. And then yep. later in the series, when when Rust and Marty are older, uh, in the nineties and early two thousands, that guy's chief now. And so like you're yep. like ah, I remember that guy from four episodes ago. <laughs> it's it's like it's like at the end of season one of Shorzy. Uh it's not relatable for me, I'm sorry. Uh well you should watch it because it's phenomenal. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's pretty good. It's at least as good as I'm that. not saying it's bad. I just you know, I don't I've I've watched True Detective like six times just the one season and then refused to watch new shows. Well yeah, that's because you love cerebral things that make you incredibly depressed. It's not that cerebral, honestly. <laughs> So moving uh, on. <laughs> so just keep keep that in mind, baby birds. Newly deregulated California energy market. We'll get to that next episode. Newly deregulated California energy market. Uh, and I'm just Illusions. letting you guys know. I'm just letting you guys know the next episode is going to get really fucking depressing. Yeah, great. Yeah. Nice. So moving on. Almost every stock analyst in America. Almost all of them gave Enron a strong buy recommendation because they weren't wrong when you could absolutely put money into their stock and get a solid ROI, like a very, very solid return on investment. They were going up and up and up and up. Nothing was fucking stopping them. But the problem was, was that the analysts weren't actually analyzing everything or analyzing anything, they just ate up whatever Enron told them. And now I'm gonna give you some examples yeah. of some of some of Enron's ideas that they said. You know what? This company sounds like they got their shit together. Let's hear this Elizabeth Holmes ass bullshit. Uh, so Enron opened up a a new market. Okay. We should gonna have that to... Looney Tunes factory music played over Every... the background of this. Everybody take a fucking drink for this one. Because this... I'm out of booze. It's just... There's no alcohol in this. Yeah, there's no alcohol in pee, Colin. Or at least there shouldn't be. I mean, there's, there is actually plenty of alcohol in my pee. There shouldn't be. You should get that looked at. So, Enron opened up a new market of buying and selling and trading. Weather futures... Weather, like what the weather was gonna be. <laughs> how, I'm how not making. So, I'm on, not making a joke. Futures on weather. I'm not making a fucking joke here. I I know you're not joking. That's the problem. Well, how do you make? Just how adjust, do you sell adjust, futures adjust, on weather? Adjust, adjust. How these people are from Enron? Okay, they don't what know. You... <laughs> they don't know how a normal business is supposed to make money. So they're just like, that makes sense. Because they're like, we just lie all day. We make money off lying. Yep, because <laughs> Enron 
Enron, the thing, the funniest part about Enron is they started off as, like, a company that would, like, buy and sell natural gas off of a pipeline, which has, like, mm -hmm. a, like, a, a limited amount. Yeah. And then they would they would buy natural gas for a certain price, and they would sell natural gas for a certain price. And then they realized that um, a new market doesn't fucking mean anything. You can do it for weather. You can do it for, like, it doesn't just fucking lie. matter. So the I'm just sorry, lies. This, is, this is the equivalent of them opening a futures exchange for cow pie bingo, correct? This, Basically. This so is... they, opened, they opened the first weather derivative contract based off of how cold the 1997 to 1998 winter would be wow this is hey, yeah. i bet you five dollars it's gonna be six degrees colder tomorrow than it was today is the they said they, of they, seeing the spoon bend in the matrix like yep. oh i can just lie yep so they <laughs> said shit my pants dude how do you fucking they said they would pay utility companies $10,000 for each degree it fell below the average winter temperature. How do you make money off of that? If it's too... Yeah, what do you, if it's, what, where do they so you're make saying, money? If it's it's, a just, warmer, betting, it's if just betting on the weather. Wait, but so you're it saying, is betting on the So, like, do, do the energy companies have to pay out if it's warmer? Yes! Yes! Why would the energy company agree to that? Okay. Because Why would they like, oh, if okay. we make less money this year, we're going to owe you more money. Why would they agree? No, I I hate those energy companies, and I think they should be destroyed and nationalized, and the executives should be, like, fucking crucified. Why would they agree? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's fucking six to one odds it's gonna rain tomorrow boys who's got who's the parlay you know what you are right this is Barry Minkow shit cause these fucking Polacks are doing shit that doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> what the fuck oh my god <laughs> so guys, we're man. in the wrong business so, boys the, the, the energy or the uh, sorry the weather derivative market is still a thing to this day no, oh, shut up. Yeah, um, people are betting on the weather, but in like more of like I don't want to say a real way, but like bet but DSI, it, but like more of like, um, you can put money in to bet. Because I don't like buying stocks. It's betting. It's gambling. It's speculating. Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally. It's, 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 it's just fucking gambling. Anytime you're spending money and there's not a guarantee of a return, either by a service, a product, or increase on investment. That's not an investment. It is that's, not an investment. That's gambling. It is speculating. Period. That is the definition. You are gambling on the weather. So, you can say, like, I think... <sighs> I'm sorry. I think. I'm sorry. I love the image. I just love the image of like a guy whose life is fucking falling apart. His fucking and he's like, he's, he's like, his wife is just screaming at him as she's like marching out the door with her kids. Like, Maddie, Maddie, you're betting on the weather, you fucking degenerate. You're betting on the fucking weather. It's first it was the ponies, then it was the dogs. Now it's the goddamn weather. I because I saw my husband putting money down around on the seesaw about which kid was gonna get off for. 
And it's like, and I'm so glad that Germany and Switzerland are facilitating the crippling gambling addiction that so mm -hmm. many Americans have. <laughs> oh my god. Because, like, Here at you, can, you can bet on the weather being a little bit better. And you for, can bet on that. Uh, bet DSI. BetDSI.com. You, you can bet on anything. Um, speaking of that, uh, our first sponsor. Uh, I, would, I would love it. Please. <laughs> uh, what's what's one of those fucking Draft ads? DraftKings. DraftKings. Draft uh, do you think there the weather is going to be one degree warmer than usual tomorrow? Put your house on it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> mortgage your fucking house about it, bud. Do you need a new insulin pump, but cash is a little short? Why don't you bet $50,000 on whether or not it's going to rain tomorrow afternoon? Um, but it, it, it kind of makes sense because there are a lot of farmers, right? Farmers. That shit is based off of the weather, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay, that's so the like, market. But, okay, but no, that's the, no, no, that's no, no, the, no, 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 that's no, not no, the market though. No, if it's no, no, about no, no, the farmers, no. if it's about the farmers, no, 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 then you no, should no. be betting on farm on farm production. Just no, no, the fucking weather. Justin, Justin, you're thinking too far into it. You're, okay. That and also, I've been nobody's nobody's betting on the weather yet. Okay. YouTube has literally been recommending ads where they're like, "A great investment. Why don't you try and create?" They're like, "Why don't you buy a farm or like invest in a farm?" And it's like. You've come back around to feudalism. This is serfdom. You're describing serfdom right now. Where oh, you're... don't worry. Tick, don't worry. TikTok influencers are already doing it. Oh, yeah. Cottagecore and fucking... It's, listen, man. At least that's better than the fucking Raytheon ads I keep Dude, getting. Why? Like, I used to be joking. Like, maybe a year plus ago, I used to be joking about the idea of, like, neo-feudalism and the idea that, like, we're coming back. Because, you know, you'd read those scary articles about, like, Oh, Google has dorms or like whatever it fucking was, right? Mm -hmm. But now, yeah. now it's just like, oh no, like eventually all this shit's going to break down and then, you know, the rich people, they're still going to want to have like their basic needs met, um, but there won't be a global supply chain to do it. So what's going to happen? Feudalism. We're back. Feudalism, Feudalism. part 2. Serfdom. Serfdom. Serfdom 2 electric boogaloo. boogaloo. Yeah. Well, but yeah. On the bright side, that means that we get to, uh, you know, burn down a castle as wing to SARS, Tyler. Justin, yep. you can be our squire. No. You don't, well, I mean, hey, like, there's no, like, military tradition of, like, French-Canadian knights. I don't, it's, I got, like, I'm, I'm all kinds of Western European mutt. I'll pick one. Okay, well. Alright, well. See about all that. Alright, so... <laughs> It's bitch. Justin's just gonna show up and like wearing just like a bear skin. He's like, I was wrong. <laughs> Fuck. It, it happens. I hey, bet man. on the wrong thing. Yeah, he he fuck he put his house on the wrong thing. Uh, I so uh, I, yeah, jokes yeah, on you, buddy. I bet I bet this suit of armor that it was gonna rain today. <laughs> and guess what? And guess what? It's dropping. It's dropping. So guess who's getting? 10% more suit of armor pack. I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to buy a gorget next week. <laughs> so Enron then decided to make their boldest move yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, making, uh -huh. making millions of dollars on lying for years was not bold enough. <laughs> Open up a market for buying, selling, and trading. Children. 
broadband internet. Oh, man. Yep. The company, they claimed that, okay, you own, like, a machine shop or something like that, right? Sure. You use yeah. the internet during the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't use it at night. No. So why should we keep sending the internet there? My sharks, I'd like to, I'd like to lie for a billion dollars a year. For 0% stake in Enron. Yep. So, they claimed that they could sell, that you could sell your unused bandwidth to other companies. Why? They set up a building near Las Vegas right on top of a 1,300-mile stretch of newly uh, newly laid fiber optic cable and was able, keep in mind, this was in the year 2000. They were laying they were laying fiber in Fiber optic. Yeah. Holy 1300 fuck. 1300 miles of fiber optic cable. That's, that's They were laying fiber at the bottom of the ocean in the early 90s. Oh, I didn't know that. Come yeah. on, it's going to get more depressing and you're going to wonder why you don't have fiber optic. I, cable. I don't I'm no I, okay. First of all, I don't wonder why I don't have fiber optic in my house. I no, live, we know why we don't have no, fiber. No, 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 no. No, 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 you are going to wonder why. Because I'm going to get to it, okay? okay. I will All feed right. you, baby okay. bird. Cheap, cheap. They claimed in the year 2000, they were able to, quote-unquote, send the entire Library of Congress anywhere within the world within minutes and stream video to the entire state of California. And I'm going to put a little pin in that. Stream video. To the yeah, entire state of California. Bandwidth. That's a big, huge amount of bandwidth, especially for 2000. Like yeah. that's a that's a large amount of bandwidth now. Yeah, people had to people had to watch stills of 9/11. Yeah, exactly. So slideshows. Yeah, wasn't that just like wasn't that like looking at porn in the early 2000s was like when it like 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 one line across yeah, and then you, you get spin. one line of titty at a time i remember yep. i remember when i saw slide 16 you know when the second plane hit <laughs> <laughs> why is why is slide 21 missing because that's when building 7 collapsed mm, interesting just just going to go ahead and uh, blame blame that joke on my father whose two great loves are uh, 9/11 remembering his time helping out after 9/11 uh, and microsoft powerpoint so god kevin is why is kevin perfect for the show kevin should be the fourth chair (laughs) i absolutely not do not make me talk to my father that much oh what if we did just tyler we need we'll bring him on for the last episode of enron you and i need to talk to kevin privately and then he'll just hop (laughs) on discord one night we'll have set him up (laughs) oh christ oh god so to quote uh, Wall Street Daily by Greg Miller, an article called SuperNAP, the world's most advanced data center from 2001. Quote, Enron had a secret. It wanted to trade bandwidth like it traded oil, gas, electricity, etc. It launched a secret plan to build an enormous amount of fiber optic transmission capacity in Las Vegas. It was all part of Enron's plans to essentially own the internet. So, what they wanted to do was they wanted all 
U.S. internet service providers to solely rely on their Las Vegas facility to supply bandwidth, and then they would just sell it like gas or electricity to internet service providers. That's really smart. That's it would it would be smart if they had actually done it. Well, that's the thing, right? But like they what they're what they're doing, right? Because because if you talk to like you know uh, CS people, right, computer science people, they'll mm-hmm. they always talk about the idea of like going away from the idea of the terminal only to nowadays come back to the idea of the terminal right Mm -hmm. like uh, it used to be you had like a quote-unquote terminal or a a dummy computer right the idea that this thing doesn't actually do any of the processing uh there is a separate machine somewhere else that does all the processing of information uh and then all that just come all you just get what you need you just get what Mm -hmm. you what you want out of it um, and then eventually they, they had developed processors to su- such an extent that you could just, hey, yeah, your machine at home would process. But after yeah. things became internet focused, everything decentralized, and all of a sudden it's streaming platforms uh, or you know places like YouTube where YouTube is taking the processing hit, hosting these videos where all you have to do is show up. So that's yeah. it's really smart that they're doing this because you know it's like uh, it's like if a company, decided to take a contract from the federal government when they built the highway system and then that meant that they got to set up their own company's toll booths right like if if instead of those tolls going to local municipalities it went to a private company that's essentially what tyler's describing and that's essentially what companies like amazon are doing right now through their server ownership mm-hmm. yep so kenneth lay the founder of enron and jeffrey skilling the CEO of Enron. Pieces of shit. Who I talked about thoroughly in the last episode. You did talk quite a bit about Getting gasoline on their dick. Announced to these analysts, Analysts. these economic analysts, that they were opening trading for a, quote, high-speed fiber optic networks that form the backbone of internet traffics. Okay. Theoretically, great idea. This more than doubled their stock price from $40 to $90 per share in less than six months. Well, hey, man. Jesus I mean, Christ. That's, uh, that's mm-hmm. to be expected, right? I mean, those those uh, those economic analysts, uh, they can't afford to sit on their ass. Yep. So this uh, is what is commonly Get referred out. to. This uh, type of thing is commonly what's referred to in the Wall Street, uh, like, insider shit as the trust me trust me thing right Mm, because the analysts analysts said bye 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 stock price went up yeah yeah that's it's it's like expert witnesses it's it's just there to build confidence and their actual bona fides uh can either be uh exactly what you expect or nothing at all yep and uh the the executives of the company absolutely cashed the fuck out on this selling just short of a billion dollars of their shares within the next year which you would think would bring down the confidence of the company because why would the executives sell off their stock if it's just going to keep going up right yeah i mean like why would a man who can print infinite money sell an infinite money machine i think you guys are indirectly asking elon musk questions and uh we'll get to him eventually honestly i think because i've been thinking about you know there's an episode on musk that's gonna happen but honestly i just think we should wait till he's dead because then it'll be a much more satisfying ending 
Yeah, it'll be it'll be much more of a conclusive ending. Yeah, or at but, least until Grimes like shoots him in the chest and he has to be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. So, um, <laughs> the the head of Enron. Or sorry, the head. The the head of Enron Broadband Services Division, Kenneth Rice, who I talked about in the last episode briefly, but he will come up later. Kenneth Rice, he was one of uh, Skilling's best friends. He was one of those quote unquote guys with thorns that I talked about. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, he sold one million shares of Enron personally, cashing out at a cool seventy million dollars. I hate you know, again. I hate to say, man. Like, if you can get in, get out. Do it. Like, I. <laughs> oh, he yeah. didn't get in, get out. There's. We'll get to the court proceedings. Uh, um, see, there's a crucial part of that, and that's getting out. Oh, uh, the only out. man. The only man that got in, got out with was Lou Pie. Uh, <laughs> so. Did he die? No, he is still alive. He's still alive. Yeah. Still swimming in it. I'm sure. Can we talk to him? You know, I'll DM him on Twitter. No, but like, what's his? Honestly, I'll look at, you know what? Yeah, you keep talking, Tyler. I'm gonna look this up. No, don't, hey don't, man, don't look it up we yet. Really... We got pl- we got plenty more to talk about. We'll get to Lupi later. Hey man, if you run a podcast about scumbags, you wanna be on <laughs> Yeah, you wanna be on it, you were a scumbag. Yeah, you you wanna you be on it, I still presume are. you're still a scumbag. Well, Mr. Pie, we we at Worcester Street, we talk about business failures, and as a business success, we'd like to have you on the show. Yep. You're the second largest landowner of Colorado. See, I just want to call him a fucking scumbag. Well, that's the—that's what we would do. Well, no, no, I wouldn't call him a scumbag because guess what? He got in and he got out. He did what we always say, like, the why right did you do. keep? Yeah. Why did you keep going? Mm-hmm. We always like say, like, Why'd you, get you, need, you gotta get in and get out. He made. Well, Lupai's greedy. Let's let's be clear. Oh, he's oh, greedy. Yeah. He's greedy. <laughs> this motherfucker made three hundred fifty million dollars just like vibing in like fucking strippers. Yeah, like doing nothing, not working. That's also, I do... He was the invisible CEO. This is the perfect... I do want to say, this is the perfect series for this moment in time where people are talking about nobody wants to work anymore, people don't want to work as hard as they used to. There's this... That's the reason the economy is in shambles, because uh, people lack work ethic. Because people people don't want to work and Blanda made the gas more expensive. Blanda made the gas more expensive. More than the fact that there is inflation... More than the fact that, uh, you know, minimum wage has been stagnant uh, for 40 years, and in that same time, productivity increased 200%. More than all of those things that, that prove that that line is bullshit, it's stuff like this, where they're like, oh yeah, a guy who's never in the office, um, whose company only made money off of lying, uh, that's the guy who worked really hard and got to be successful, quote-unquote, uh, whereas you... Uh, the shithead who has to work three or four jobs just to feed your family. You, yeah, you're you're a shithead because you, you couldn't figure it out. Uh, yep. Yeah, where's so, the So, so uh, like I said at the beginning of this episode, where to Colin's point of the where people say no one wants to work. Unemployment is at three and a half percent. It is lower than it was when I'm talking about right now when the when the economy quote unquote was booming. Um. And only 1.7 million people are getting unemployment insurance right now. That is uh, half of 1% of the United States population. So let, let's talk about that, but let's actually. Yeah, it's not like talk saying like that. one in 370 people is getting paid. Yeah. So, speaking of creative practices. 
Fiber optic prices at this time absolutely fucking plummeted because of the oversupply, right? Mm-hmm. Enron said, we're going to fiber optic this whole fucking country, right? Yeah, we're doing the whole thing. Oh, I see what you're making. Claiming they were going to lay millions of miles of fiber optic with only about 5% of the, get this, 40 million miles of fiber optic cable. There was only 5% being used of 40 million miles of fiber optic cables. Enron decided to purchase these inactive or dark wires mm-hmm. buying them at pennies for the cost and would eventually make a profit as the need rose and they expected to lease these wires under a 20-year contract to service providers but as we all know by now enron would record their profits early of course Why and used you? used vastly inflated estimates of what they would lease these wires to once they were lit. So, they would buy, let's say, 10,000 miles of fiber optic cable, right? And we say buy. They would say, like, buy. They're buying this from, like, a manufacturer. They're not, like, this isn't, like, in the ground already there. No, it is in the ground. It is? Okay. It is in the fucking ground. you 41 million miles. There There was 40 million miles of fucking fiber optic cable laid ready to go and only 5% were being used. Okay. Yeah. So they bought the ones that were unused. Not all of them, but they bought a lot of them. And they yeah, would say like, job. "We're going to buy we're going to buy this 10,000 miles of fiber optic cable that's not being used." And then they would record the profits of that 10,000 miles miles of fiber optic cable. And say, like, well, in 10 years, once somebody's going to want to use it, we're going to charge this amount. Yeah, we'll make this much money in this yep. 10 years when the market turns that way. Just, and, you, just and trust they, me. They can record that on their revenue. They can say, we made this amount of money, not we're going to make this amount of money. Perfectly legal, too. Perfectly legal. Still legal. Christ. So... Enron struck a deal with none other than everyone's favorite smelling store and the one that I personally miss the most, Blockbuster Video. They made a family. They made a 20-year deal to supply internet to stream movies on demand. Okay? This was in the year 2000. By March 2001, the deal was canceled because Enron didn't actually have the infrastructure or the know-how to make something like this work. This caused their stock to drop to $60 a share. Only $10? Uh, it was about $30. It was 30. about $30, yeah. Yeah. So uh, about a 30% dip. That's pretty, pretty significant. Yeah, pretty significant. And this is the beginning of the downfall. So... Now, like I told my sweet, sweet babies, this would be a two, maybe three-parter. But it is, in fact, going to be a quadrilogy. Thank you, aliens. All right. This oh is going boy. to be a four-parter. Another long one for us. Um, we're going to talk about, in the next episode, we are going to talk about the little, little nugget I left you guys about the California energy market. Can't wait to bring that shit back. Illusions. Nope. 
we're going to talk about that in uh, episode three and then episode four we are going to talk about the downfall in the court cases and should be fun should be a good yeah. time it's so it'll be a I, great time man it is it is, it is like the like I, again tyler you're so prescient so tyler it's like you're on the golden path it really is <laughs> you it's like you're seeing all the possible futures because like you're like you're so on okay when when you say like i'm gonna get leo neoliberal right like and we're talking about like that is so perfect like we're talking about this idea about this company whose whole thing is like uh you know that that line it's it's exploiting neoliberal ideas but that's that's their whole fucking point but like even more so like even in the way they make decisions right like Mm -hmm. even the, the the ideology that's informing them when they're saying like I'm going to I'm going to record profits from a thing I won't see a return on for another decade. They're doing that because obviously a they've been doing that. And they know they they can mm. lie to make money. But also there's this idea that like I said they're at the end of history. Nothing is going to disrupt that. Nothing is going to change this growth. This growth will continue forever because we have reached the end state. We this is where we're supposed to be. We can just do whatever we want now. Yeah. Throw your money in Enron. Yeah, and it's... It, It'll be fine. And really what You'll it is... Make money. ...is just, like, the, the capitalism has dissolved enough of the definitions that, you know, make up society that you're like, oh, look at all this room in here. It's like, no, all these walls just got knocked down, and some of those yep. were load-bearing, idiot. We'll figure out... Jerry, which. we can't knock Next down time. those walls. They're load-bearing. Don't talk about my wife like that. Jesus. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in once again to Worst in the Industry. Uh, We'll be back next week, like Tyler said, with part three of Enron, part four following. And, uh, yeah. Come in again. uh, Come in again. Come listen to us again next week. Come in me again. Come. Love you. Come. Kisses. Shit to shoot till I go crazy. Go and get the baby shark and hit him with the doo doo.